0: Stuff. Welcome to episode number 278 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. This is the show where we get to know the creators of Certified and Bonafide Good Stuff for Kids and Families. And it is my total pleasure to welcome the very certified, the very bonafide Michael Hurst to the podcast. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm great. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for having me.
0: Awesome. It is great to talk to you. Um, we, uh, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but everything is going very smoothly now. And um, I want to thank you for making the time. And let's set the scene. Where where are you right now? I am currently in my
1: studio or uh, office, whichever you want to. Depends on what I'm doing that particular day, uh, which is in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Park um, Slope, nice. For a long time, I worked out of my apartment, but then I had my own child, um, and when he was born, he kicked me out of my apartment, from at least the studio part of my apartment. <laughs> uh, so I found a place not too far away, and it's you know so lovely. What a beautiful day. I walked, dropped him off at school and then went an extra block to my studio, and here I am talking to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the dream. I think the dream is to live in Brooklyn and have your own studio space. So well done. Well done on living. I mean, I... I, I can go up
1: on one on that Would the,
0: the bigger dream would be to actually own something in Brooklyn. But, um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something more. Fair enough. So you are you're a prolific and we're going to get into all the reasons that you are prolific in just a little bit. But tell us a little bit about your uh, about your background. You're a musician, right? So that's that's a, a great place to start and like a little bit of your musical background and musical story
1: yeah uh so i actually studied music in college i began playing music when i was seven years old and um and ultimately decided to go to college to study music very lucky that i had parents that were supportive of that and um and so uh yes i got a degree in composition it wasn't so much any one instrument that i played well i I kind of play a lot of things mediocre i like to say but um i got a degree in composition uh which always kind of with the idea that I wanted to write music for films and cartoons and TV. Um, And in many ways, you know, ultimately that has kind of happened. I I now do film scores is a big part of what I do for a living, but uh, I've also been releasing albums all along Uh, for a while. It was under a band called one ring zero. And then I started releasing solo records. Uh, The first one was, an album of new songs for ice cream trucks called songs for ice cream trucks. And then that went on to uh, (laughs) the follow-up was unusual creatures. And um, yeah. And that ultimately led to Chronicle books offering to put out a book for it. And now here I am on book four in that series of oddities, each of which has an album.
0: Yeah. And and we're, we're going to we're going to dig into a little bit of that, um, you know, sort of, but I guess like, How did you, would you, so here's actually, here's the question I want to ask. Would you consider this stuff, right? These records, right? The Ice Cream Trucks, Unusual Creatures, Extraordinary People, and the brand new one coming out today, Unconventional Vehicles. How would you, if someone were to ask you to describe, I guess, like a genre, I know we don't always like to be put in boxes like this, but would you, how would you classify these, these records? What's, what's the audience?
1: Uh, that's Yeah, that's such a tough question. Um, you know, the bio that I have on my website says something like, Michael Hurst has a deep interest with very, I forget what it says, odd specific themes. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think that's true, is, is I just love specific themes, and I love oddities in particular. Um, you know, as far as these books go, I really modeled it after the books that I loved when I was a kid, which were... Things like that's incredible, and Ripley's Believe It or Not, and even Guinness Book of World Records. I loved all that stuff when I was a kid. I devoured it, and um, you know. And so when it came time to do a book, I really thought I want to do something like that because it's not really being done anymore.
0: Right. Well, I think a whole a whole record about ice cream trucks is really uh, pretty. Pretty fascinating. So, what was the like the? I guess we're starting with that, right? So, starting yeah, yeah, with yeah. with the songs for ice cream trucks. You know, what was? I mean, everyone likes ice cream. Let's just put yeah. it out there, right? And yeah. if they don't, sure. they they find workarounds. Whether they're lactose intolerant, right? They don't. Vegan <laughs> ice cream, or or keto ice cream, or whatever it is. There's Which is delicious, cream, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely. all for that.
1: It's good stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat whatever frozen treat you put in front of me. But um, uh. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I, I as I mentioned, I was in my band One Ring Zero. We had released, I don't know, eight or nine albums um, that all had very specific themes. Also, um, and and while we were working on one album, it it I guess it was as simple as an ice cream truck passing by in front of my apartment, my studio, that just kept playing and getting in the way of the recording. And it occurred to me, man, someone really needs to write some new music for these guys. Uh, (laughs) And then it occurred to me that someone was going to have to be me. Uh Um, And I I actually presented the idea to One Ring Zero. My bandmate, Josh Camp, uh, at the time, I said, why don't we do an album? And he was like, we've got three other records we're working on. Um, So, you know, I thought, okay, time for me to release some solo records because I cannot sit still. Um, And that was it. The idea was to write new songs for ice cream trucks. And it was really kind of in earnest. I mean, I, I knew it would be uh there, There's no way to get around the sense of humor involved with it. And there's also an art element to it of, you know, little weird chimey songs. And um, so that part was very attractive for me. What, what I didn't realize, though, was that it actually was sort of a runaway kids album. When, when it came out, I started getting emails and letters from parents saying oh my kid loves your record and i play it for him every night before he falls asleep and you know that hadn't occurred to me
0: uh-huh. um that's interesting
1: and that kind of is what led me into doing children's music
0: mm-hmm. uh-huh that's uh, but,
1: but but yes you know say that the real uh, icing on ice cream on the cake was <laughs> that um the album, in fact, started getting used by ice cream trucks. People, it turned out, ice cream truck drivers were just as sick of their music as we are.
0: <laughs> oh, I can only <laughs> so, imagine, right? Pop goes the weasel, only so many times, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. and you know the one. The one thing that I'm very proud of is uh, with that record was I realized that if you Googled, searched ice cream truck music or songs for ice cream trucks, nothing was coming up. So I thought I should just call this thing "Songs for Ice Cream Trucks." Yeah, um, and it was as simple as that. And uh, still to this day, if you Google songs for ice cream trucks, <laughs> you know, I come up. Um, that's very so yeah. it's,
0: it's very direct, and it's very you know, it, it is explanatory, right? It makes a <laughs> lot of sense. Um, so that's fascinating that you had brought this as a as a project to the band, and then yeah and then decided to go the the solo release way. But then I think what's different about your story is, is you put this out, and I'm guessing you, you, you just put it out because that's what you do. You're an artist, and you had this idea, and you put it out there. And then to get the response kind of pushed you in a different direction. I think that's a pretty fascinating part of the story.
1: I, yeah, for sure. Uh, and in fact, when I was working on it, my wife uh, said, Who is this for exactly? You know, which which, um, made me step back and be like, "Man, I don't, I don't actually know. Uh, I, I think it's just for me. It's something I want to do." You know, and thankfully, Bar None Records was very excited to put it out. Thankfully, Terry Gross and Fresh Air was excited to have me on the show. Thankfully, the Today Show was thrilled to do a segment on it. You know, and Mm -hmm. and it blew up. Yeah. Um, So. Uh, I think the lesson there is you kind of just stick with your gut, you know, with with ideas you want to do and, um, and follow through with them. I mean, that's the real key is it's easy to start something and just kind of like, ah, it's a funny idea, but I'm going to follow through and actually do this. I am going to write new songs for ice cream trucks and get this thing out into the world.
0: Right. And the, and the, truly the lesson is you just don't know what's going to happen. So like follow your, follow your convictions. Absolutely. That's really cool. Um, so you've talked to Terry Gross congrats that's, that's a couple times, yes. a couple uh, times? Yeah. that's a big deal yeah, um, nice cool so so the next record and and i think that the theme of like you're interested in something so you go for it, it is it's going to be a through line as we talk about these records leading to the newest one on conventional vehicles but the second one is called songs for unusual creatures um so what I mean I love the idea that you were in your studio and thinking like oh well this ice cream truck music is is terrible and I need and it's just driving me bonkers <laughs> right so what was the what was the inspiration for the unusual creatures record
1: so yes um, after songs for ice cream trucks I realized I can write music for kids I can do this I had not intended to do kids music but here it is and then I thought what kids music. Do I like what? What did I like as a kid, and what is missing from today? And you know, I really was thinking about Peter and the Wolf and by Prokofiev and Camille Sanson's Carnival of the Animals and instrumental classical music uh, that is kind of missing from today's kids' music world. I mean, there's so much so many sing-along songs, which, you know, I'm funny saying this because I've kind of gone back to that now, but, right. um, but with that record, I wanted to do an instrumental album that uh, allowed kids to use their imagination more. Uh, and as it turns out, I, I am obsessed with weird instruments. I've always collected strange instruments. The, the band I mentioned before, one ring zero, I played theremin in and, and other instrument called a claviola and I still play those instruments. Um, but I'm all about collecting oddities and, and, I thought why not write instrumental songs using as many of my strange instruments as possible and just like Camille Sanson did where he had uh, I would say usual animals he focused on things like the elephant and um, the kangaroo and you know and had classical classical orchestra I thought let me do the weirdest animals I can find with the weirdest instruments mm-hmm.
0: uh, um,
1: so that was it yeah
0: yeah so the, I mean that was cool I noticed that too Um the 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 lack of lyrics and i, I i'm I, it's cool to hear that you are inspired by and I, I vividly remember that peter and the wolf from from growing up and listening to that and and i think that that's a um that is a a, a little bit of a lost piece right the the yeah. purely instrumental but accessible i think that's really important too um sort of more classical kind of kind of thing um well-
1: you know, I was going to say, I you know, I when I did that, I guess it was about two or three years after I released that album, that that uh, movie came out, Moonlight Kingdom or Moon, okay, uh, the, sure. the Wes Anderson movie, yeah. And you know, it had this amazing scene with all these kids sitting around a, a record player before we had the internet and stuff, and, and they were listening to Sanson's Carnival of the Animals, and and you know, sort of the soundtrack. And I thought, oh, this is it. That's exactly what was in my head. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that idea of there was a time before the internet when we actually could just sit and listen to something and use our, you know, use our imaginations.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's really cool. So was this the first, you, you also write books, um, we should say, and that's a big part of the, the overall project was there. And i I think I know the answer, but there, there is a book that accompanies this, this record that we're talking about, the unusual creatures, right? So, when
1: I was working on that album, I knew that it would be so nice to have pictures and information about each animal. And I originally went out with a book agent to find a publisher who would put this out as a book CD combination. That was right at the tail end of people actually buying CDs. I guess it was like, you know, 2008 or something like that. Um, uh, so it was really hard to find anybody who wanted to put out this book CD combo. But Chronicle was all full, full, you know, for what's the word? I'm full steam ahead to do uh, a book for it, which I think was actually, you know, sort of um, the best thing that ever happened in many ways with the project was that, OK, I, I can release the album myself, have Chronicle be the machine behind the books. I'll be the machine behind the albums. Um, and so they were essentially re- they're released separately, but I was able to sell them together on my web- website. And of course, places like Amazon can, you can buy them together and, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that set the pace. Um, and, and the book did much better than I expected. I mean, really for what I thought was just going to be an album project with some illustrations, uh, it turned into much bigger.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I it's and it's just it's just cool like there's a style to it i can't you got a style what can i say and like folks need to see it to to really understand it but there is a, a through line of style and a through line of creativity um and that brings us to the the second most recent record which is songs for extraordinary people and this is really cool because you um I mean, just like a personal, uh, on a personal note, when I was in a band in college, um, my band was commissioned, and by commissioned, I mean asked for free to do uh, (laughs) (laughs) to write a song in honor of Billie Jean King so oh, wow. okay. so i and, and she was like a speaker at my college and we played the song for her and it was just like the coolest weirdest thing um but i'd love to hear that I, so would i there's a recording somewhere i have no <laughs> idea where it is but um so but you have included her on this album of of extraordinary people so uh, tell me a little bit about this record and and maybe some of the some of the folks that you you learned about maybe that you didn't know so much about before
1: yeah, uh this one went the exact opposite as unusual creatures. P- Chronicle book said your al- your uh, unusual creatures book did great. What's your next book going to be? And I hadn't even thought about that there would be a, a second a follow-up. Um but uh I decided what do I do interesting people. Um not unusual people but uh interesting people which made me switch my um descriptive words around to uh, extraordinary. And for the album, I really was like, I I don't know if I can do instrumental music for people if I want to describe them. I need to actually sing this stuff. And and I should get a lot of great guest singers and make this more of a fun sing-along album. Mm -hmm. So there are some obvious extraordinary people And Billie Jean King, in some ways is obvious. A lot of people know who she is. Uh, Jane Goodall is on there and she's somewhat obvious and for all the best reasons. But then there are some people who were lesser known that I, uh, really wanted to shine the light on and uh you know i knew nothing about ibn Battuta, who was a um explorer uh traveler from the middle east i knew nothing about william Kamkwamba, who was a 14 year old boy in africa who built a windmill out of garbage to power his village Oh wow. um you know I, I really wanted to um Find a female French pirate. I mean, I suddenly me say that again. I really wanted to find a female pirate. Um, I was like, there must be, there must have been female pirates. I really uh-huh. wanted to find a very specifically a female French pirate from the age of you know. Uh, so it turned out there was a female pirate, uh, and her name was Jeanne de Clisson, who was a French woman. So, you know, that that was kind of the whole thing was just really researching and digging and finding things that were unfamiliar to me, and and the ones that were obvious, I wanted to find information about them that may not be known
0: as, Mm -hmm. as readily. Awesome. Um, and, and it's, it's just so fascinating. And, and I want to talk about the collaboration with, um, with, you know, getting folks to come in and sing, but I want to focus that on what is the most recent record, um, which is out today, uh, which is called unconventional vehicles. Now there really are like, some unconventional vehicles on here. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna say a couple names, a couple things. And you tell me if they are conventional or unconventional vehicles. Are you ready to play this Great. game? I love this. Yes. Is there a buzzer
1: or anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a buzzer.
0: Okay. First one. And I'm gonna say it wrong. The Bathyscafe Trieste. <laughs> conventional or
1: you, you said it wrong in every possible way. That was beautiful. The Bathyscaphe Trieste.
0: Uh, <laughs> I really did. That was so incredibly wrong. Mark it down awesome. in a long line of, of yes. podcast bloopers. But yeah, go ahead. Tell me, tell me.
1: Uh, well, Highly unconventional, um, which is why it's in the Unconventional Vehicles book. The Bathyscaphe Trieste was the first submersible to visit the Mariana Trench, uh, you know, way before James Cameron was down there filming Titanic or whatever. He wasn't actually in the Mariana Trench, but, um, but this thing went to the Mariana Trench, the deepest place in all of the oceans before we'd even put someone on the moon. Um, and it was, uh, two pilots got into this small round capsule that had uh i think seven inch thick steel walls which is necessary because when you get that deep into the ocean the pressure is so great it would just implode anything that wasn't strong enough um so these guys went down to the bottom of the ocean in this thing and and um you know i think they were maybe down there for it was, it was a long trip i mean it was an all-day adventure just to get that deep into the ocean and get back up but uh that to me had to go in the book of unconventional
0: vehicles it is very unconventional so okay so here's another one you tell me conventional <laughs> and I'm gonna pick the one that is going <laughs> to be the hardest for me to pronounce just <laughs> to stay on stay on the um on the uh, on the right on the right way here okay here we go the <laughs> this is very embarrassing for me but I'm doing it because it's fun the Schwand elevator.
1: Oh, that's good. You, you, uh, that's actually, I think you nailed it. Oh, How good. a much fond elevator. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, elevators are vehicles for sure. And this one is a crazy uh, unconventional vehicle in, in that it is um, in the Swiss Alps. And it's terrifying. I think they finally might have upgraded it with some stronger materials, but it was originally a wooden elevator that went... Uh, I forget how many hundreds, thousands of feet up through the clouds to the top of of a Swiss Alps. I mean, you really have to see a picture of this thing to to get it in full, to get the full uh, vibe of what's happening here. Um, so the song is is very short and it was really just a question of would you ride this elevator?
0: Sure. Um,
1: yeah. And, and, yes. And, and Unconventional.
0: One, very, very. yeah. So we just to say there's 47 songs on this record, but. I, I, that's not an overwhelming 47 songs, right? Because these songs are all at, you know, where do they clock in usually if you had to average out how long one of these songs, some of them are longer, some of them are shorter, but these, these are yeah. not, it's not a, uh, it's not a major lift. It's not a big ask. It's really fun. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, the album, I, I decided for this album, I wanted to have a song for every single entry and there are 45 entries in the book. The album has 47 because it's end capped by a theme song. And uh, sort of an outro exit song, which is the same thing essentially. But uh, you know, I didn't want to have a quadruple album, and I've always loved just short little blips of things, almost like jingles for commercials, uh, stingers, if you will. You know, and so I, will, so I, will, I thought I it'd be fun yeah. to. Yeah. You will. So <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to write tiny little songs, and some are. I think the longest one might be two and a half minutes. So some are a little bit longer, but there are a lot in here that are. 1520 seconds long. Um, and so the, the entire album, I think clocks in at uh, 40 minutes, 30, maybe not be under 40 minutes, maybe like 38 minutes, I forget. It's mm-hmm. it's the the real funny thing is to be there is a vinyl version of this. And the idea of dropping the needle like in between songs is, is pretty much impossible. Like trying to find <laughs> where those grooves are in between each 15 second long songs.
0: Yeah. So, so I think this is a good time to talk about collaboration and, and some of the folks that you worked with and and how you brought people in and and maybe a little bit about how your the songwriting process works for you because it's different for everyone. You know, some people, sure. you know, you would present the music and say this song is about a Winston Wong ice vehicle, for example, and right. then it's like here's the music. Why don't you put some words to it? Or it's here are the lyrics. What can you do vocally? So just you know, thinking about your collaborations and you collaborated with a. Uh, several people on this, uh, on this record, um, people we know, people we may not know, like Neil Gaiman, for example, who is a writer, right? Like, yes. Yeah. How, how, and just how that process, how that process works for you.
1: I don't know that I have any one process. I mean, for, for, um, other collaborations I've done in the past, there's been times where I've written a song handed it to someone else and said you write lyrics there's been times where someone's handed me lyrics and i've written the music to go with the lyrics and even for myself i do everything from i think i mix it up just because i don't want to get bored with any one method there's times where i write lyrics and then write the music for it and other times where i write music and then figure out lyrics it's all over the place uh for this particular record i would say most of the time i wrote the lyrics first and then Composed music for the lyrics and then once the song was demoed i'd made a, a rough sketch of it with my own singing i would figure out you know this would be really nice to have someone else's voice on there and maybe a woman maybe a high pitch that sort of thing um I would reach out to those people and say, "Here's the demo. Would you want to sing the song?" In some cases, I sent several songs and said, "Which one of these would you like to sing mm-hmm. with, with the Hemet Schwand ele- Elevator?" <laughs> I, I, you know, I sent Claire Manchon. I think three or four different tracks, and that's the one she picked for um, the HZ1 Era Cycle. Uh, it's it's a song about this personal helicopter that has counter rotating blades that you stand above. You know, oh, you're no standing way. on this little platform <laughs> and you control it like a motorcycle with a handlebar sort of rev up the engine thing. And, you know, it, you're, you lift off the ground. I mean, but it's terrifying. If you, if you, if you step off in any one direction, you're going to get turned into, you know, yeah, sh- shredded cheese, <laughs> but, um, um, or all gratin, as I say <laughs> in the lyrics and, uh, so I wrote that song, and I thought this would be so great to have sort of a Roger Watersy British uh, deeper voice, and and um, and it really that was really more the reason I hit up Neil Gaiman. He's someone who I've known for a long time, and I thought, and I've heard him singing with his wife Amanda Palmer, and I've worked with him on some other projects, and and thought, let me see if Neil would want to sing this. Mm-hmm. And probably just because it's not what he typically gets asked to do, he was excited to do it.
0: Yeah. Really if cool. I had
1: asked him, you know, because he, he's a you know huge famous yeah, author, if I had asked yeah. him to write something for me, he would have not even responded. Um, but he was he was a uh, game, game-man, game-man. <laughs> he,
0: he was game um, Yeah, absolutely. He was gaming
1: Um awesome. And yeah, his voice is great for it.
0: Yeah. So um, hey, so like, what's a flying jellyfish?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this still part of the game of? Uh, this, is, a...
0: this is, well, the game is ever evolving, right? It's it's okay, constantly yeah, yeah. changing. But yes, it, it, conventional or unconventional? Pretty unconventional.
1: I read about this one in the New York Times. There were a couple guys who were trying to figure out a way to invent um, a very tiny flying robot. A very small, like one of the smallest flying robots things you could think of um flying the word jellyfish is a little bit uh confusing because it really does not look like a jellyfish at all it looks more like a moth Mm uh but the way it flaps its wings is very similar to how a jellyfish propels itself if you've ever seen how they kind of undulate their you know umbrella-ishness to push the water around them this thing is is similar in that sense so uh leaf ristroff and stephen childress uh both engineered this device that um has four wings that flap and you know the real trick the smaller thing is the harder it is to get it to fly really because it's it's uh it's just not stable bigger things with big wings can fly easier and so trying to get this thing to figure out how to pull that off is the real challenge but with computer technology it can correct itself constantly while it's flying um, so it is one of the smallest flying things that they still don't even know what to use this thing for. Uh, and I think that's all in the lyrics.
0: That's amazing. Um, so cool. So, I, I mean, there, this is just so fascinating. And what, one thing that I love is like how knowledgeable you are about this stuff, right? You'd like the, there's a big difference between saying like, oh, I'm going to write a, a record about unconventional vehicles and I'm going to look up like, uh, like what a helio solar aircraft is, but what you do, what you're bringing here is like this genuine sort of unabashed interest and enthusiasm for it. And you're really learning about it and you can like share these facts of things that you've learned while you're creating this record. And I think that that's a really, it's a, it, it's an important point for, for people to hear and to know about what you're, what you're doing, right? Like this does it doesn't come from a place of being like, oh, this is a fad because I saw someone on a jetpack. Right. Did you see that, oh, right. that, that viral clip? <laughs> there was like a viral right. clip the, like a couple of weeks ago of someone like taking a jetpack from a boat to another boat. Like this goes way beyond like seeing one clip and being inspired. This is like a whole new level.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen that clip, but no, I, I go down the, the tunnel. I mean, I, I get so into this stuff and really the fun for me about these albums and books is the research. I love writing and creating, but I love just looking this stuff up and learning as much as I can and uh, and committing it to my brain. And, and, and that also makes such a fun live experience with these albums. When I uh, perform live, um, right now it's a little tricky because of... Uh, the, the pandemic and right. but uh you know I, I would have it's really becomes a ted talk for kids i have projections with videos on a screen behind me and i totally nerd out and explain everything and then cue the band we play the song while the video shows whatever it is happening whether it's um and a creature running across a stream screen doing its thing or a vehicle or So that to me is fun, you know, and that actually led to a PBS series that I hosted on unusual creatures and and other projects, which again, going, going back to like, you know, this thing kind of just getting beyond just an album and having the book, it's been nice to have this material to expand on and create other material. I mean, from show, you know, podcasts to TV shows, whatever.
0: Right. Um, there's just so much, like we've barely scratched the surface here. So if people wanted to, to learn more about you, learn more about the music, get their hands on the books, all of those kinds of things, what's the best way for people to, to do that website, social media?
1: Um, I mean, all of the above. I mean, I think it's just, my name is Michael Hurst. You know, I I think, uh, (laughs) You know, I do have a a michaelhurst.com website, which has a listing of all this stuff. But, you know, everything is – it's all out there at – I am a big fan of local bookstores and libraries. Tell your library to carry the books. Tell your local bookstores to carry the books. Tell your local record stores to carry the albums. All the music is on Apple Music, um, Spotify, you know, all those places. So, uh, yeah, you know, but I'm also – you know, I, I try to keep up with it all, which is so overwhelming in 2021 to keep yes. up with Instagram,
0: YouTube, whatever. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. To be clever at all hours is not easy. Um, not it's easy it's a full time job it yeah, in itself. Job. So w- we're going to play a couple of songs from the record now. And, uh, and Michael, I'm going to let you choose. Maybe give us like two songs from the record that we're going to play.
1: Oh, geez. That's so tricky. Two two Uh, out of 40 2 I'll give you the two longest ones. How about that? So I get more airtime. Totally. Um, Well, let's see. Um, You know what I can do is I can give you like one insanely short song and one of the longest songs. Great. Let's do it. Um, Okay. So how about we do... uh, Let's do the Graf Zeppelin Airship as the longer song. The the Graf Zeppelin is... uh, maybe not as unconventional as some of the others, but um, these things were uh, around in the thirties, invented by uh, Germans to, I mean, this is before we had commercial air flight. We had graph Zeppelins, these rigid airships that actually could fly across the ocean and did hundreds of times. They even had one trip that went around the entire globe, Um, but they were massive. I mean, they were three times the size of a 747 Mm-hmm. And only held, you know, 50 people in them and hovered just a few hundred feet above the ground.
0: That sounds terrifying.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, well, it was terrifying because they were filled with uh, hydrogen, right. um, which ultimately, unfortunately, ended with the Hindenburg, which was the Graf Zeppelin, the final, the final flight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that song is, is really sort of a fun homage to the uh, great uh, days of rigid airship travel will come
0: and won't you join us on our rigid airship journey As we travel around the world gently floating through the sky You'll enjoy the comforts of the dining room and cabins in the parlor Please don't light a cigarette or we may die four, five, five, seven, seven. We'll take off from Greenwich's and making our way to.
1: On a much shorter note, um, uh, how about, um, well, the shortest song on the record is the Winston Wong Ice Vehicle song.
0: Okay. The Ice Vehicle.
1: Got it. Which I'd like to point out, this was a vehicle that was made to drive across Antarctica, and um, it has a propeller on it. It has skis on the bottom, and it was funded by a billionaire named Winston Wong, um, and that's all you really need to know. And that's
0: all you need to know. Thanks to Winston Wong, now we have the song for the bio-inspired Ice Vehicle. Uh, well, Michael, this has been super cool, super fun, very, very interesting, and I want to thank you for your time, and Tell folks to check you out because there's a lot to learn. And and all of these records and and to to, to go into your world a little bit has been really, really fun. So thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And I love the good stuff. Uh, Everything you're doing is fantastic. So thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. No problem. Yeah.